Before we get started with this week's episode, I want to address the protests that are happening against racism and police brutality. We all know that Lord of the Rings isn't exactly a picture of diversity, but I want my listeners to know that I stand in solidarity with the Black communities who are experiencing a lifetime of pain and grief. As a white person, I can't comprehend the pain that Black people feel. The only thing I know is that the pain, fear, and anger I'm feeling now, watching the state of our country and my hometown, is just a fraction of what you carry with you every day. I encourage any of my white and non-Black listeners to do just that. Listen. Uplift Black voices, learn from them, and make changes to do better. I hope with all my heart that if you are hurting right now, that this episode will help you to feel better. Whether you need a break, a laugh, or you just want to feel like others are with you. Because I am. I'm with you. And remember that you deserve rest. You deserve to take a break every now and then. There's a metaphor or a saying that if your glass is empty, you can't pour into other people. So make sure you take some time to rest and recharge. Now, before the episode begins, I want to take a moment to remember just a few of the Black men, women, and children who have been senselessly killed by police and to reflect on the hundreds of others that are no longer with their friends and family. And my apologies if I mispronounce anything. George Floyd. Breonna Taylor. Ahmaud Arbery. Atatiana Jefferson. Tamir Rice. Corinne Gaines, Trayvon Martin, Natasha McKenna, Eric Garner, Sandra Bland. Black Lives Matter. Stay safe, and if you are protesting, please wear a mask. W-B-N-E. Hello and welcome to episode 50, all about the Houses of Healing, chapter 8, book 5 of The Return of the King, being the 50th part, what, of That's What I'm Talking About. Can you believe? My name is Mary Clay. If that's too complicated for you, you can just call me MC. And today I'm joined by Alice and Buddy from Those Happy Places. Welcome, guys. Hey, gr- glad to be back on the show. Yeah. So happy to be here. Yeah, first I had both of you on, and then I had just Alice on, and then I had Buddy on. And now you're both on for the last book. Well, there's technically one more book after this one. <laughs> now at the end of all things, six, but... uh, we have returned to you at the turning of the tide. Um, And then also just a a quick thing before we move into the chapter discussion. Um, We are recorded. Let's see. What's today's date? I feel like it's always important to say like this episode was recorded on. Uh, So today's June 10th. And this past weekend, uh, I'm sure a lot of you know that uh, JK Rowling tweeted some very unfortunate, sad things 
disappointing things about um, trans people and trans women. And it's just really sad and disappointing, honestly, for me. And then today she really doubled down on it. And um, yeah, I just feel really sad about the whole situation. And I just want my listeners to know, obviously, you know that I'm a huge Harry Potter fan. I'm sure a lot of you guys are huge Harry Potter fans as well. And I just want you to know that I don't at all agree with, you know, any of her statements. And um, I've had like a lot of I don't know about you guys, but like over the past couple days, I've been thinking about like, how do you enjoy, you know, the art when you don't support the person who made it and and stuff like that. And I think the uh, Harry Potter community is like a really great example of how you can do that. Because ultimately, I think it's also about like, what the fans do with that art and what they use to create with it and um, how they form a community around it. So um, yeah, that was a long rambling message anyway. <laughs> uh, no, but we we completely agree. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, trans lives matter, uh, black lives matter. Uh, and it's super upsetting to see one of the uh, one of the authors that, you know, in the past, we have, you know, read her work, watched her work on the screen, uh, or even on the stage. Uh, and uh, ridden her theme park rides, uh, you know, that she mm-hmm. she helped create uh, and lived in that world, the wizarding world of Harry Potter uh, and seen it as a place of magic and whimsy and escapism, but also a story about like tolerance versus intolerance uh, and seeing that struggle of good versus evil uh, play out where the good guys are, you know, a multicultural group of people uh, who don't care about blood purity, and the bad guys are uh, a one blood purity sort of a group. And it's really, you know, it, we learned lessons from Harry Potter that it seems Rowling is not um, espousing herself, uh, and that makes it really difficult. But uh, we we have to we have to deal with the fact that uh these messages are out there and we have to do what we can to stand against them um so that's that's how i feel about it yeah uh yeah we always say do it do what you can uh donate what you can speak out when you can and uh you know whatever whatever you can do to encourage the community and to you know make the world a better place we say do it and yeah uh, and I yeah I can't I can't follow up what you guys said. Anyways, that was very well <laughs> yeah, very great. well put. Big Harry Potter fans. I I mean I am I know I know that it's been rough, but you know fan fiction's a thing. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, listeners, I will leave some resources in the description. Um, if you are wondering, you know, what to think or what to do, or if you're also feeling hurt or upset or angry, I will, um, I will leave links to people, you know, to people who maybe have, you know, smarter things to say than than me. So (laughs) it's generally my like go to thing of (laughs) I'm not as smart on this topic as a lot more qualified people go listen to those people. So (laughs) Um, that being said, yeah, speaking of being unqualified, here I am once again reading <laughs> a book I've never read before. Um, yeah, so this is chapter eight. How's, oh, I should also say, Buddy and Alice, congratulations. You are also on episode 50. Whoa. Wow. Yay. Oh, yeah. man. 
many congratulations. Congrats to you hitting 50 episodes. 50 episodes of anything is so monumental. Um, and it, it shocked me to see how far into the books you had come uh, since the beginning of this project. I remember uh, Alice and I were both on episodes in book, in, in book one. Uh, and now here we are uh, again at the end of all things. And I know, right? I, it, it feels so strange to say that You've... that's what I'm talking about is going to finish the books very soon. Yeah. Um, and... you're, you're getting so close. He keeps I saying know. at the end of all things, he's quoting from the very end of the story. Um, <laughs> uh, and you're almost there. And then you're going to watch the films, right? Yes, 100%. Oh. Um, you're going to love the films, I think. Let's see. So I have, let's see, that's nine. So I will be finishing this in, I mean, you know, that, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm almost done. Not really. I still have about three more months. So (laughs) that's so close though. You'll finish before the end of the year. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. It's just funny because like when I started this and same with, um, Uh, Tyler and Ethan, we are all like, oh, yeah, you'll be reading these books for the next five years. And I'm like, I'm (laughs) barely surpassing year one with with the main trilogy. Sorry, not trilogy. It's one book, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) One book, many volumes. um, And that well, then you've got to do the Silmarillion then. And do I, though? (laughs) Uh, Well, I I do hope that The Hobbit is on the docket at some point. Oh, of course. Uh, the Hobbit's wonderful. And it, it makes yes. a wonderful prequel uh, once you've already heard the original story. Um, and yeah, I can't wait. To, I can't wait to see what you think of the films uh, being such a, uh, a so thorough study of the of the novels or, or novel, I guess. <laughs> yeah. um, it's going to be great. Yeah, I'm so mad because like two weeks ago, Josh Gad, who I love he's amazing and a wonderful person he's He's the voice of olaf he's such a doll he's also (laughs) just i know him as being from the book of mormon which is a hilarious musical anyway elder elder cunningham he hosted a zoom reunion with like a bunch of the lord of the rings cast and everyone was messaging me and being like oh my god isn't this cool and i'm like not really because i can't watch it (laughs) (laughs) i was like you guys have fun how, you know, have fun storming the castle. I'll stay here and I will, you know, revisit this in four months when I've, you know, finished the books and watched the movies. So uh, I'm not bitter. I think I, think, I really think you're going to love the movies. Um, uh, the uh, Oftentimes, some of the, the criticism you have about the books are things that Peter Jackson um, was fully, yeah. fully aware of and went, we can just leave that out if you like. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And yeah, it's like a the films are like a beautiful streamlined version of the story that I think you'll you'll just you'll just die for. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, this is chapter eight, the houses of healing. Um, I messaged Buddy and Alice a couple weeks ago when I was starting Return of the King and was like, hey, do, uh, if you guys want to come back, is there a certain chapter you prefer? And Alice uh, suggested this one. So here they are. Alice, do you have any like particular reason why you uh, picked this chapter? Well, um, I I definitely remember the first chapter that I uh, that I wanted to do was the Battle of Pelennor Fields, but uh, somebody else had already (laughs) called dibs on it. Um, No, I like this chapter. I love this chapter. I love um, what I love what uh, it has to say about Aragorn. I love um, 
there, I like this chapter because it is it is short and sweet and symbolic all at the same time. It gives us a lot of like a lot of little moments of for these characters as well as like like almost like a like a breath in between some mm-hmm. really huge things. Um and um also, I think Faramir might be my favorite character in the entire oh. series. So I'm glad it's like a Faramir, our guy. Our guy, yes. I love love Faramir. Right? Yeah, buddy. Most. Yeah, buddy was on for uh, one of the like two chapters where we have Faramir. Oh. You did one of the chapters in Ithilien? Yes. Oh, that's so yeah, good. Yeah. I, I love that. Yeah, one of my my like main takeaways from this chapter is that we don't deserve Faramir. We don't sure. deserve Eowyn. We don't sure. deserve Mary. No, they're too good for this world. I all love them. them all. So, and Pippin, so and- pure, so good. In the words of the kids, they are precious cinnamon rolls too good for this world. And Pippin is so sweet and I just I I yeah, I really love this chapter. I yeah. love I love yeah. the description of um of the of the smell of the plants and I I just I feel like this chapter is just really like really it's really visual and it's uh it's got a lot of heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and it, what's great about it is the the it's a it's a chapter about the consequences of the battle. Exactly. But, but also it's about like this renewed hope and optimism in the wake of the battle, which is ongoing throughout the entire chapter. Yeah, um, yeah, but, it's not done. <laughs> but it kind of it kind of feels like you know we're trying to we're trying to have this moment where we see what the cost of heroism is, uh, and then also what the effects of heroism are. So it it kind of blends both of them together. And then there's this, like you said, this whole thing with Aragorn uh, that there's a lot going on with him in this chapter. There are things about what he does that I like. There are things about what he does that I will uh, (laughs) gladly join in criticizing. Um, But uh, I I loved it. I loved listening to it. I was listening to the audiobook. It was just a really, yeah, short, sweet, poetic, meditative almost experience to listen to. Yeah. Uh, And I, I can't wait to jump in. Yeah. Alice, I think you said that like this chapter, it feels like a break. And that's also appropriate for like the name of the chapter and what's happening, because this is a chapter where, you know, I mean, it it is a break for the characters as they are sitting and they're healing and they're recovering and they're, you know, planning their next moves. But it's also like a break for the reader as well, because we have... um, you know, we have moments where characters are reuniting. We have moments where characters are, you know, we're like, oh, great. They're not going to die. That's good news. <laughs> um, and uh, and like getting re- it's also just it's also like one of the first chapters in a while where it's not like, oh, this is bleak. This is not good <laughs> news. I mean, yes. it's not it's not great and happy, but it's also it's a nice, uh, yeah, it's a nice moment to pause before, let's see, what's the name of the next chapter? The Great Debate or the Big Debate? The Last, debate, last debate, which That's sounds exhausting. Um, <laughs> I say this as someone who starts multiple arguments over trivial things, and that sounds exhausting. And then the Black Gate opens. Yeah, so like things are going to happen soon. So let's all sit and and smell some flowers or herbs or whatever. Um, yeah, so this chapter starts off the uh, battle has this battle has ended and they're all coming back into the city. 
and Mary is not feeling great. He's like, oh, my God, I like don't know where I am. What's happening? And like as he was walking up, I had this thought of, oh, wait, I bet you he's going to be reunited with Pippin. And then like as I read that thought, um, it says, but suddenly into his dream, there fell a living voice. Well, Mary, thank goodness I have found you. He looked up and the mist before his eyes cleared a little. There was Pippin. Oh, buddies. It's so sweet. Oh, finally reunited. Oh, I love yes. those two so much. They're so yeah. sweet. This whole, the the first like three or four paragraphs of this chapter are so visual and so intense about carcasses of monsters and burning pyres of bodies and, and all of this horrible stuff that's happening. And poor Mary is just... Like, everybody else is getting carried and poor Mary has to, like, walk. It's so sad and and intense. And and then there's Pippin, the living voice that breaks through it all. He's, like, the, oh. the like, light in the tunnel for Mary. Those two, yes. those two lads. I love them. What I, what I love about this scene is that apparently Mary was, was with the group heading to the Houses of the Healing and just fell asleep on his feet and took a wrong turn. Yeah, and and Mary was Mary had to go, uh, or Pippin had to go and find him, and I can I can just imagine that for him, like deliriously just plodding forward, exhausted and like cursed. Also, like he's he's got this curse on his arm now, um, yeah, and just like barely making it, and it's it's a really powerful image that he's just like alone in this alley that he's wandered into, and there's Pippin. Yeah, it's uh, so sweet. And then oh, when Pippin, Pippin, when Pippin, next thing Pippin does is ask him if he's hurt, and he's like, "No, no, I'm fine, except that I can't feel my arm." Yes, <laughs> like, yes. He's like, "No, I'm fine. I mean, um, my right arm is completely numb. Don't know what that's about. But... Can't use it. But <laughs> oh. I think I'm fine. Totally I, yeah. I stabbed a guy, and my sword just crumbled." <laughs> Yeah, he's like, yeah, my sword burned all the way like a piece of wood, (laughs) followed by Pippin's face was anxious. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you think? (laughs) I would also be anxious. Um, And then poor Mary. Oh, my God. So Pippin's like, okay, I'll help you, buddy. It's okay. We're going to go get help. And Mary, oh. I literally oh. wrote down, I drew like a crying emoji in my notes. He <laughs> says, are you going to bury me? Heartbreaking. Oh. And Heartbreaking. He, it's, yeah, it's like a child, you know, a child who thinks that they're going to die. And, at fr- you know, at first, I didn't really know the extent of his injuries. And I was like, oh, he, you know, obviously he's injured, but he's going to go get help and he's not going to die. I didn't realize until later in the chapter, like, the seriousness of his of his wound and what happened and that he actually could very well die so i was yeah. kind of like oh mary no he thinks he's gonna die or, or maybe that he's already dead and that this is like uh yeah like are you a, going to like bury a... me like oh it's too oh. late for me yeah because he also said when earlier when he's walking alone before pippin finds him um it says he thought this is a tunnel leading to a tomb there we shall stay forever so oh. he just must be like delirious at this point thinking like i'm already dead and you know i'm a i'm a dead hobbit walking it's um, so sad yeah and poor mary and pippin helps him and carries pippin. him all the way up and 
They walk and walk and walk until they can't, they literally can't walk anymore. Yeah, Pippin's like, I don't know what to do. I can't (laughs) carry him. And then comes um, Bert. I never figured out how to say his name before. Burgle? Burgil? I was going to say Bird. I've been saying Burgil. Burgil? Um, Baragon's son. Um, Yes, Baragon's son. And he's going to help. He's a good boy. Burgle. Virgil. You know, I listened to the audiobook, but I, I can't remember what Virgil. they said his name was. <laughs> Virgil. So I used to be pretty good about like listening to the audiobook to at least, you know, at least some of the audiobook to get pronunciations of stuff. And that was like back in the day, you know, we, t- you know, we said like, oh, this is episode 50. I'll be coming up on, you know, one year pretty soon too. And like back in ye olden times when I started this, I was like, oh my God, I'm recording an episode in a week. I better read the chapter now. And then I, <laughs> and then today I was reading this chapter like an hour ago. So <laughs> yeah, Bur- Burgil. Anyway, yes, Burgil is the little errand boy basically for the Houses of the Healing and, uh, He's like, I can't help you. I have to run errands. And Pippin's like, well, go tell them that you have an errand <laughs> We literally to run. can't like, walk anymore. <laughs> come help us. I, I don't understand what errand could be more pressing than here is a dying hobbit. Like, yeah. come help. Like, he's already working for the Houses of Healing. Like, just change jobs for a second, guys. Yeah, yeah. So um, he runs off and gets help. And we get this description of the healers and the houses of the healing and um and like their expertise and everything and then i like this sentence it says but now their art and knowledge were baffled for there were many sick of a malady i always want to say malady (laughs) of a (laughs) malady for there were many sick of a malady that just sounds weird. Anyway, um, that would not be healed. And they called it the Black Shadow for it came from the Nazgul. So this is the, they are like, they've never dealt with anything of this, yeah. you know, size and, you know, they have literal, like probably hundreds of, like not just Mare, who are the people who are sick right now? Not just Faramir, Eowyn, and Mary. There's also got, got to be like hundreds of other wounded soldiers, um, and they like are out of their element pretty much. Yeah, yeah, this this passage really stood out to me because before the quote you read, doesn't it, mes- it mention that in the houses of healing, uh, they had cured everything? Yes, it like says everything except old age. Skilled in the healing of wounded and hurt, and all such sickness as east of the sea, mortal men were subject to. They could treat anything, and that they sometimes can live to be a hundred years old, oh, five score years with bigger. Well, people used rupees. to live to be more than that, but yes. you know the the line of Numenor, etc. Uh, yes, and that that but that sometimes, occasionally, they you know people live to be a hundred years old or or more. Um, which is which is crazy. They've healed everything. They're so good at what they do. But they can't they can't this. heal a curse by the Nazgul. Well, Nazgul uh, hasn't there's... been seen in the land for an age or two, right? Like yep. <laughs> that pesky black shadow. Let's see. Yeah, those who were stricken with it fell slowly into an ever deeper dream and then passed to silence in a deadly cold and so died. It sounds like what Frodo was dealing. I mean, sounds like it is what Frodo oh. was dealing with back when he was stopped by the Witch King on uh weathertop um i did not even make that connection (laughs) yeah how he was slowly fading into shadow and he needed elf medicine to bring him back yeah Um, 
<laughs> the Atlas. I, and sir, it's a weed. I, sir. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's, um, you know, the Witch King stabs Frodo. It's uh, because they all get hit with various weapons of um, various weapons of the of the Nazgul. Yeah, there, they there say, are like the darts and arrows of the Nazgul. Yeah, Faramir was hit with a dart and whoever it was pulled it out. Was it Imrahil? Uh, pulls it out pulled it out and was like oh well i didn't keep it because uh i had other things yeah, on my I mind love- <laughs> that happens a couple times in this where they're like oh why don't you have this thing with you and they're like i was a little busy okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, I, I think i think it's not just like physical wounds though because what it what it sounds like is that this is an affliction just from like being near the nazgul like yeah. that they're they're so evil they they do have uh like a like a fear effect on people like the screech of the nazgul like frightens you to your core yeah um and i suppose maybe prolonged exposure to a nazgul can send you dying yeah the description really does feel kind of like uh a description of what uh tolkien might have known as shell shock Mm -hmm. um but what we now understand to be post-traumatic stress disorder yes i was i was reading about this earlier did a little research into this chapter buddy maybe you did the same um (laughs) was that this was something that uh, shell shock and PTSD was something that was really kind of first identified and categorized after World War One, um, because the war was just so much bigger and so much more different than any other kind of war that anybody had experienced. Um, and so Tolkien, having, you know, fought and had people die around him, would have known quite a lot about about this, this black shadow that falls over people. Um, upon upon battle, um, and he turns it into a physical manifestation of, of an illness that can kill people in its in its wake. Um, it's it's very very sad, but kind of beautiful mm-hmm. at the same time. Like this, like like the the symbolism of Tolkien always liked to say he didn't. Uh, he he was like, oh no, none of this is like based in in real life. What do you like? What do you um, mean? It's, it's about so the war. Sometimes. <laughs> it's not about the war. It's not about the war. Writes many traumatic battles and chapters about war and war tactics and <laughs> yes, clearly so affected by the world around him that uh, that yeah, he writes PTSD into his story here. Um, but my favorite line in the, in the whole chapter, my favorite part of this whole chapter and the reason I think why I wanted to talk about this with you, um, is the line that comes up here after the description of, you know, the black shadow and everything. When the, when Ireth, uh, the eldest of the, of the healing women says the line, the hands of the king are the hands of a healer. And that that struck me. I remember reading this as a child and that striking me to the core and being like, we know that this, that this person that is meant to be king, or we understand that, that, that kings should not just be warriors and leaders, but they should also be healers. Oh. And I'm, I, I'm obsessed with that idea. I actually wrote in my notes, every time they say hands of the king are the hands of a healer in this chapter, I write in my notes, uh, take that toxic masculinity. Yeah. <laughs> it's my yeah. it's my favorite thing. Yeah, this is this is uh, we're, we're not quite there yet, but this is Aragorn's chance to show, you know, the the other side of being a king, the 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 diplomat, the healer, mm-hmm. the, the person who is delicate. Um, 
and and who takes care for others yes instead of uh riding glorious into battle yeah you know, riding yeah. to ruin uh he, <laughs> which is he instead... why boromir could literally never do this <laughs> no no boromir could never and boromir like, could never denethor could never that's and, because they're stewards they're right. not kings if faramir could theoretically uh, Theoretically, and and I maintain that Faramir is the Neville Longbottom of the series, uh, but yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he he could totally do it. Um, but he also knows that that's not what he's meant to do, uh, and we'll we'll see more of Faramir in a moment. Um, but yeah, this is this is Aragorn being a true king, uh, not just a warrior king. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's I- a great. That's like a great point to think about that like I didn't I didn't even think about that that like not only uh, you know a king has to obviously lead and be able to command and be intelligent when you have to like you know play in a battle or or you know govern your people or whatever but you there is another side where you need to show that you can be you know compassionate and you can care for your people. Yes. It's yeah. yes and that that is my one one of the things that has stuck with me all of these years and all of these readings later and however many times I've read this book and um and something that I think was really important to the story and to Tolkien but uh but and to the character of Aragorn and what it says to his going from his he was reluctant to be king from the beginning mm-hmm. but he's always been a healer and I mean, he he heals Frodo on Weathertop, you know, with the Atlas. He he takes care of people. He leads them even when he thinks it's not his destiny at all. And um, and he's so willing to put things off and to to let other people take the spotlight and stuff until finally this is a this is the the moment where he can say he's walked into the city of his people into his rightful place. Um, and has done the work of King without taking the credit for it, you know, sneaking in under cover of darkness. Um, and that's, I, I just think that this is so much to his character and his, like, his nobility. I love mm-hmm. him so much. <laughs> um, <sighs> yeah, so this line that we're talking about, this is said by um, the kind of the main healer. And because they're like, oh, no, what do we do? This is crazy. And she's like, well, it's an old saying, the hands of the king are the hands of a healer. And Gandalf says, men may long remember your words, Ireth. Is that how you say Ireth? That's how how I've been saying it. Yeah, Ireth. For there is hope in them. Maybe a king has indeed returned to Gondor. (laughs) And then he says. That's the name of the book. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God, he did. He says says the (laughs) thing. Sort of, almost, yeah. Um, Or have you not heard the strange tidings that have come to the city? And I love her response. I have been too busy with this and that to heed all the crying. So I love. So I'm going to bring this up now. Um. Which I didn't realize, like, I made this connection later, like, towards the end of the chapter. But Ireth reminds me of the grandma in Mulan, who's just, like... (laughs) Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Who's, like, 
I don't have time to sit and listen to city gossip, okay? I have been saving all these people. So you get out of here and you go do something. In case you I've didn't been know there's the a work. war on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and a mysterious new disease that we're trying to deal with. Yeah. And that she can look up at, at Gandalf, maybe one of the most terrifying people in the on the all of him. Middle Earth and sass him so hard. Yes. Also oh, that she's one of only like nine female characters with the speaking role in this in this whole series. Oh, that's true. I better go go update I, ma- I made a tiktok a couple months ago about like here here's to all the female characters and it's, it's gonna be short it's like <laughs> lobelia sackville baggins uh goldberry uh orwin aowen um Irith, uh rosie cotton and you're missing kind of the main one who what I said Aowen and Oh, and Galadriel. She was. Um, forgot. It. Yeah, I was trying to go in order, but um. I also I also gave the Entwives a shout out. <laughs> but they don't even well, speak. They're not even I know. there. They're lost. I know. <laughs> um. Anyway, but, yeah. So speaking of the king, we cut to Eric. This so there. This is also the chapter where all the people are coming back together. So I'm going to mix up all the people all the time. I love them. Aragorn, Aemir, and Imrahil. So side note, I love Imrahil. He just showed up out of nowhere, and he's been doing great the whole time. He's so great. He's such a prince. <laughs> anyway, uh, um, <laughs> they've reached the city, and Aragorn's like. I'm going to stay. I'm not going to go in the city and act all high and mighty and be the king. I'm just going to stay out here like the humble man that I am. And I'm going to wait because I don't want to come in and, you know, act like I own the place when I just showed up here out of nowhere. You know, it, you know, Denethor's got a handle on it, right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, because and Prince Emmerhill says he's like, yeah, that's that's pretty smart. um, Talking about Denethor, he is strong-willed and proud, but old, and his mood has been strange since his son was stricken down. (laughs) And I'm like, well. yeah, you could you could say you that. You could say that. They <laughs> have up. yet to hear. Actually, not only have they yet to hear of what happened in the last chapter, the Pyre of Denethor, but they uh they also like when they finally do hear about it, they're like, okay, um, nobody tell Faramir. Yeah, <laughs> they're like, Faramir we're not. not no, we're not <laughs> going to so tell good. him that his dad absolutely lost his goddamn mind <laughs> and is definitely dead. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll tell him that he's dead because I don't think we can hide that from. We're just not gonna tell him the details. Okay, just, we're gonna just gloss over that. That can has can enough wait. to worry about. He has to get like better. Like so, I think I think they're just trying to protect his feelings for a little while, and then when there are things to do that require full knowledge, he can he can know the whole so, story. Oh yeah. By the way, <laughs> you're steward of Gondor now, and it's because your father was insane and tried to kill you when he thought you were already dead it's fine <laughs> it's fine it's fine <laughs> um oh also i want to amor real quick when uh aragorn's like i'm just gonna lay low amor's like um buddy already you have raised the banner of the kings and displayed the tokens of elendil's house <laughs> he's like they know you're here 
I don't think you can lay low exactly. Yeah. And that's when he he says, I have no mind for strife except with the enemy and his servants. That's him being like, yo, no drama though. <laughs> like, I don't wanna I don't wanna start shit with anybody. Uh no mind for strife. I have an enemy and that's who I'm gonna focus on. And they're like, Okay, but you know. It's a it's a wise choice, <laughs> despite the fact that it's like unnecessary at this yeah, point. It's like, just largely unnecessary, yeah. But but he, he doesn't want to start an internal conflict within the walls of Gondor. It's smart. It, yeah, it works. Yeah. Um so he says, You guys go in, ask permission for for me. I'm just gonna pretend to be, you know, Strider. I'm just gonna be a ranger. Um, and you guys go ahead. And so they head inside. And, oh, this is where, like, my heart kind of breaks a bit for Aomer. Because um, they, oh. Wa- oh, I should mention, they have qu- they have sort of laid Theoden to rest, like, temporarily at least. Um, yeah, and they he's, go in. He's in state, Sorry, go ahead. I think. I say they lay- he's laid in state, right? Like, it, like his body is covered in a, in a shroud and, and surrounded by candles and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, he is not not really a funeral, but it's that thing that they do with a with you know famous and 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 like world leaders and stuff where they lay them out for people to look at before they bury them. Um, oh yeah, right. And yeah. Uh, it's very sad. Yeah. And yeah, and he, he takes one look at it and he's like, um, "Where's Eowyn? Where's Eowyn? She where's should be here. Eowyn? Where is she? She, she deserves this. just <laughs> as honored." That's when I was like. No one f***ing told him no that one. his sister was alive? No one told him. Tell me, where is Eowyn? For I uh, must desire to honor her. And I was like, oh, she's still alive. She's in the Houses of Healing. And he's like, right, what? he's not here? Bolts he out of there. He doesn't say anything else. He just leaves. Oh, oh it's so good. Eomer, oh, God. He's so, so good. Yeah, so he goes, they go to the House of the Healing, and Gandalf is there and is like, okay, long story short, things escalated really quickly. (laughs) Eowyn is alive, but she's almost dead. Uh, Faramir is also alive, but he's also almost dead. And Denethor is very dead. Okay, let's go inside. (laughs) And they're kind of like, all right, we we don't have time in like, this happens a lot in this story, where when the characters are, you know reuniting after being away from each other and they're like catching up there's a lot of like oh well um denethor died eowyn almost died faramir almost died but we don't have time to talk about it let's go now is not the time to have this very short conversation where i could explain a few things it's not the time (laughs) (laughs) um Sorry, I just want to check my notes. Oh, because I wrote down. I'm glad I checked my notes. Yeah, Gandalf, Gandalf is like, yeah, so something happened with Denethor. You could you could say that things got a bit heated. Oh. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I re- yes, I did write that down. Mm. <laughs> well, when, when a good joke comes, you got to write it down. Yeah, that was an yeah. A, plus, a plus joke. I love that. And and his house is in ashes is actually something Oof. he does say, um, which like, ugh. Is yeah, that he, Gandalf being he cheeky or is he being poetic? He didn't like, necessarily, you know, he didn't say like, oh, Denethor was in, that's, ha- that's how he died. He is also a part of the ashes. He just said his house was ashes, you know? So He's like, good. we don't have time to specify that Denethor lost his mind. He had the Palantir. He almost killed Faramir. It's fine. Yeah, and uh, there, there's there's all this talk of like, wow, what a 
what a day for Rohan to lose its king and Gondor to lose its steward. And there's no one left to pick up the pieces. And I'm, I'm like, everybody here is here to pick up the pieces. Yeah, Every, everyone. <laughs> it's like you guys are by far the most qualified people, I think. Like maybe yeah. F- Faramir at this point is, you know, still sick and unconscious. But like. These are the most qualified people at this point. I feel very confident, you know? And uh, and speaking of qualified people and confidence, they're like, where is Aragorn? And, and they're like, like, I'm here. <laughs> should we should we go get him? I'm right and here. This is when I was kind of like, yeah. So Ar- yeah, Aragorn enters and he does this thing where like he pretends to, he has his um, gray cloak on that they had in... Uh, where were they? Lothlorien. Oh, Lorien, yeah. Because he's just trying, you know, he's just trying to like blend in and, and, you know, lay low, like I said. But like, it's not fooling anyone. Everyone <laughs> is like, oh my God, it's the king. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, rangers can move unseen if they wish, uh, but to disappear entirely. Entirely, that is a rare gift. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, you know, Aragorn's doing his best. <laughs> <laughs> he's being very sneaky. Um, sneaks on in and then lets um, and then lets Imrahil take charge. He's like, yes, he's like, I'm just yeah. going to keep being the captain of the Dunedain and Imrahil can rule the city until Faramir wakes up. How's that? Cool? Well, Good. hang on. My but favorite really thing, though. Gandalf is in charge. But really yeah, my, that's my favorite thing is that they're like, okay, they're like all in a little huddle and, and Aragorn's like, okay, Imrahil, you seem to know these people. I don't really know these people yet. You're going to lead them. If the time comes for me to take over once this is all over, I'll do that. Okay. But really, we all agree that that Gandalf actually knows Gandalf's what's happening, charge, right? right? And Imrahil and Aramur are like, oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, totally. oh, no, yeah, Gandalf, 100%. yeah, we yeah. listen to Gandalf. It says, <laughs> and they all agreed on, upon that. Yeah, and I just like, imagine them kind of putting their hands in the middle, like, all right, we all agree, team. Gandalf's in charge, go team. <laughs> One, two, three, Gandalf. <laughs> Tolkien is so funny like that sometimes, where he can be so verbose about things, and then when people are making decisions of such grand importance it's just like and they agreed good yeah <laughs> great great let's go in Moving uh, on. Yeah. <laughs> so uh he walks in and one of the guards it's a little boy walks up to him and says strider it's pippin it's pippin oh my god i wrote i giggled like a maniac when he calls uh, him Strider in that moment because everybody's like oh my god you're the king though but you're the king though you're the king you can't Aragorn. call him Strider like, what are you doing and Pippin's hey, like what up Strider <laughs> Strider he, he admits Strider's oh. gonna be his last name yeah now. he just he just translated it he's like te- I'll make it fancy Telkantar and uh <laughs> yeah Telkantar I will be in all the airs of my body like come on that just means Strider in Elvish <laughs> oh I love it I love it and it's yeah so I I just I love that the hobbits still call him Strider. You know, so it's cute. like it's just a cute little reminder from like what this story was like when it started in Fellowship of the Ring mm-hmm. in book one. Yeah. Um. Oh. So uh, they stand around and they talk about what to do. And they talk a lot about plants. So they're standing there and they're like, hey, Aragorn, all of these people are moments away from dying. Um, but we have time to talk about the language of origin of this plant. 
is oh my gosh what it's they so do. it's so they, tolkien they even lampshade it it's so good uh later when when he's talking to mary about it he's like oh you could ask the guy in charge here he'll tell you all about the, the language of origin and that he doesn't think it's important but he'll tell you every every piece of trivia it's so good yes um, um yeah so he's like it's king's foil and then Ireth's like okay king's foil but if i like, were a king i wouldn't have this in my garden Oh, okay. And they're, uh, they're like, that's not what I call it, but okay. Yeah. It, so- it's, it sounds like uh, it sounds like you guys are dunking on King's Foil, and I would just like to um, uh, speak in defense of King's Foil, the greatest invention in Tolkien's like entire thing. It cures everything. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. And it's just a weed that everybody looks over, and that's the thing. You know that's what Tolkien's all about, right? Yeah, it's that it's a weed thing. that nobody cares about at all and has like a couple of names and nobody keeps it in their stores <laughs> or whatever, but it turns out to be the secret, very fancy thing that can cure everything and, and all yes. of that. It's just, it's Aragorn as a plant. It's, it's Aragorn, <laughs> it's Frodo, it's, it's all about this unassuming mm-hmm. thing. And, you know, King's Foil gets mentioned once in the films. Uh, spoiler alert. Uh, <gasps> King's Foil, oh, no. it's a weed. It's and, Sam, and it's... Sam Gamgee is the one that, that, that identifies it. Sam, do you know the Athalas plant? And Athalas? He's like, King's Foil. King's Foil, it's a weed. It's a weed. And that's all they say about it. Um, <laughs> except that it might stop like a Nazgul poisoning. It slow um, it slows the slows the progression of Frodo's wound until they can get him to Rivendell. And that's the only time in the film they talk about it. So to to have this whole section on it here in the book was really gratifying because it was <laughs> that moment but for half the chapter. Aragorn's so like, anybody got King's foil? And, and they're, they're like, all like, no. It's a weed. <laughs> I love the line though when when she she goes off on Kingsfoil like oh it's so dumb I hate it uh, it's a dumb weed that nobody cares about and he goes okay um, but if you love Faramir you're gonna run as quick as you talk and go get me some <laughs> yeah. is that fine <laughs> it's so good um, also so uh, someone I don't remember who someone shared this with me like a while ago but it's um, a picture of Tolkien and he's like in his greenhouse and then there are captions. This is like an ode, like a post from Tumblr, circa like, I don't know, 2010. And it says, apparently people hated to go for walks with him because he would stop and look at every tree for like 20 minutes. <laughs> and then someone else added, explains the books. <laughs> explains the books. Really? That is because... Because right when you think it's done, Irith runs off and is like, okay, y'all go, you know, I'll go, I'll go fetch it. Um, and then, like, two paragraphs later, the Urmaster comes in and is like, yep. hey, I heard you're asking about Athlas. Yes, yeah. I got some thoughts he's and like, a poem about that. He's like, yeah, I, ha- I mean, like, I've heard of this. I, it does, I don't think it really actually does anything. Unless, of course, you give heed to rhymes of old days in which women such as our good Irith still repeat without understanding. And then oh this little, gosh. like, poem. When the black breath blows and death's shadow grows and all lights pass, come Athelias, come Athelias. Life to the dying and in the king's hand lying. He's like, I mean, I don't know what any of that means, except it's explaining except our exact that situation. <laughs> exactly. Like, I don't know what possible purpose you could have for this plant that is literally made for this exact specific situation. 
But this okay. Is, this is one of the most ridiculous things that he doesn't put two and two together. Like, I I don't understand. This is a realm where magic exists and prophecies are true. So why would you discount any rhyming comp- couplet of old? Like, folk wisdom is real wisdom here. And yep. it should be taken seriously. I and don't understand. Why Gandalf says, go and find some man of less lore and more wisdom who keeps some in his house. It's <laughs> like, get out of here with your words. <laughs> like, go. F- you just talk. I need somebody who knows things and has Athelus. Go away. Get out of my face. <laughs> But this is this is kind of a central theme of the chapter is the difference between knowledge and wisdom, right? Like knowledge is is a tool of the enemy. It's the it's the mechanization. It's the uh, pure unbridled like science facts. But wisdom is like using knowledge correctly and yeah. with with grace. It's the difference between Aragorn and Denethor. A, a wise man versus a knowledgeable man, right? Like this is this is a microcosm yet again. Everything about Athelos is a microcosm for Aragorn. Symbolism. <laughs> <laughs> um. So Virgil comes running back, and he is like, "I found six leaves of this thing," and Aragorn's like, "Great, we will work with that." <laughs> And that's where we're going to leave this episode for this week. Buddy, Alice, and I had, we had a lot to say about this chapter. So there will be a part two coming next week. You can find all of their links in the description to their social media and everything. And make sure to go listen to those happy places. You can also find links in the description to resources that I think are helpful in terms of unpacking and, you know, what to think about or how to think about you know, the comments made by she who must not be named. And there are also links to organizations that I think would be really great if you were able to support them. That's what I'm talking about as a proud member of WB&E. You can learn more about that by going to WB&E.org. Not sure if you can hear that, but there's protesting going on outside my apartment. 2020. You can learn more about that by going to WB&E.org, where you can find other shows on the network like Bacon and Eggs. Howdy, Yokes. I'm Tyler Carlin. And I'm Ethan Edge Hill. And we host Bacon and Eggs, a movie lovers podcast. It's the most roll your eyes, I've seen it before concept for a show. But with new hosts, I promise. Each week, we sit down together and watch a beloved movie. We start by looking at some critical and concrete points and let our conversation flow from there. We've covered all sorts of movies, from Jaws to Little Women. From the Lego Movie to the Lego Movie 2. From Marvel to Star Wars. From Back to the Future to Back to the Future Part 2. And tangents from our frustrations with fast food. To discussing our fear of the Mighty Loon. So if you want a podcast that makes you laugh, download Bacon and Eggs, a movie lover's podcast. With new episodes available every Thursday, wherever you get your podcasts, and now on WBNE.org. Ghostbusters 2! I, I, my my hope and dream was that you would say that. The cover art is by Graphite, a.k.a. Vaishon Brandon. You can support him on Instagram at graphite.vmb. You can find the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at TolkienAboutPod. And you can also join the Facebook group. You can find me on Twitter at MCWhatsApp and Instagram at MCTurnDownForWhat. And you can support the podcast on Patreon at patreon.com slash TolkienAboutPod. This week's sponsor is Mots. Thank you, Mots, for being a wonderful, supportive human being. And I appreciate it so much. There's no discussion question right now because the thing the discussion question is going to be about will be happening 
in next week's episode, if that makes any sense. So make sure to come back for all of that. And until then, that's what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm.